WCIA 3-in-1 podcast. It's a rainy day. It was a cold day. It was a sad day. Snowy. Snowy at some points. Day for Illini fans. Illinois with a chance to keep their destiny in their own hands. Not able to get the job done against Purdue. 31-24 the final. Game number 10 of the season for the Illini. They dropped to 7-3. Andy Olson and Brett Barron's here with you to break it all down and, and talk about, well, just where where they pick up the pieces and where they go from here, Brett. I mean, it, it was not ideal conditions as it was last week against Michigan State, but after the 7-1 and one start, you know, you're two games away from clinching a Big Ten West title, the first one in your program's history. And then two two eggs laid by the Illini in the next two games. Yeah, hopefully you had a refund or a cancellation policy on that hotel yeah. or Airbnb to Indy if yeah. Illini fans maybe had that booked or were thinking about that. It's going to be a whole lot tougher to get to the Big Ten Championship game now that first weekend in December. Still mathematically not out of the equation. It's possible. It's just messy. That's how I'm putting yes. it. It's, it's a messy, messy board in the Big Ten West, which is... Not very good, and Illinois only has Illinois to blame for the position that mm-hmm. it is now in. Uh, you know, when you start the month of November and you're thinking they, they are going to do this thing, yeah. I mean, you're not going to lose to both Michigan State and Purdue. And well, so, well that that happened. <laughs> Here we are on November 12th talking about how Illinois now has lost back-to-back games for the first time this season. And after the highs for the team and for Illini Nation of six straight wins, two in a row seems pretty tough here to look you in the face and go, where's this team at right now? It's like the sky's falling, it seems like, for for a lot of fans. For a lot of fans. It's not. I Keep mean, it in perspective, Illinois 7-3 exa- in a football season. Exactly. So we're going to break down this game. We'll start first with Aiden, Aiden O'Connell's pretty good. He's not, uh, yeah. not bad. We knew he was good coming in. And <laughs> not bad. I, th- I thought he, uh, not that Tommy DeVito played bad, 18 for 32 and an interception for DeVito along with the touchdown. The interception Aiden, wasn't really his fault either. No, and that was tipped late. But, you know, O'Connell not necessarily a, a banner day, 25 for 40, 237, did have in the interception, but three touchdowns. And I just thought he was a better quarterback today. Yeah, Maccabee was really good for Purdue as well. He kind of surprised me. It's not a name that I, you know, I'm super familiar with. Yeah, I mean, it's incredible, his story. Had a really good day, 106 yards. He's the highest rushing gainer on the day with Chase Brown's, uh, I believe it was 10-game, 100-yard rushing streak. Yep, nine this season, one last season. So 10 straight, now over. Comes to an end, yeah. 98 yards. yards short. I, when they and went that's out, on the net, Andy, because that's right. His uh, his full gain, one hundred and three, lost a couple of yards. There. Wasn't sure if they were going to, uh, you know, just run on run that late. last drive. Yeah, I thought I know. the same thing on the field. I'm like, okay, they're down here. They obviously need to. They need two scores pass, late. Yeah, but are they going to get the ball to Chase? Give Chase two two yards there. No. Uh, the bigger thing with Chase is him leaving with the injury late. Brett, I know you were there. You're tweeting out what you were seeing from the sideline. You got some video of him walking off afterwards, which is which was good. But just what did you see? Yeah, so he did walk back to the medical tent there on the field, that pop-up tent that they have. And he sat in there as the game ended. And I waited outside that tent because I wanted yeah. to see him and how he was going to come off. And his brother, Sidney, waited there as well outside for him. And they walked off together. Chase, on his own power, had no other trainers, trainers around him or anything else. And 
he was ginger on it, but it, it wasn't like he was noticeably limping. I would just say gingerly. That's kind of how I yeah. would put it. You know, I felt like if he had to go back in, I don't know if he would have been able to. So we'll see how that progresses here because Illinois obviously a lot different team without Chase Brown. And, you know, that injury is starting to add up. After the game, Brett Bielema said Taz Nicholson's probably done for the season. He left the game once again. Darrell Jennings didn't play. They're down to like their fifth and sixth cornerback at this point. Seth Coleman didn't play. Uh, he was in concussion protocol. Uh, was not even dressed today. Josh McCray out after mm-hmm. he sprained his ankle or had a little ankle tweak, according to Bielema, on the horse collar tackle last week. So for as consistent as they were and fortunate for injuries early in the year, they're starting to add up now, yeah. and it's showing the lack of depth, and especially defensively at cornerback. Devin Witherspoon's great, but if if you don't have Taz on the other side who played today, despite getting cleared out of protocol earlier this week, uh, that's multiple concussions this season now. Yeah. If he's gone and now Tyler Strain left the game, not sure what that was. Uh, he went back to the locker room, didn't see him again. Now you're down Terrell Jennings. Like, you're just adding up your cornerbacks, and it is feeling the effects uh, defensively for the Illini. Yeah, and as good as Devin Witherspoon played, I thought he played pretty good. You yeah. know, he had some some issues with getting some penalties called on him, and we'll talk talk about that right now. Uh, Illinois, 12 penalties as a team for 121 yards total. Uh, watching the game, they were called a little a little tightly, I would say. Uh, fans bringing up the fact that uh, this is the same officiating crew from the Indiana game, yeah. which was, of course, the game where Brian Hightower had that catch in the end zone. That was not called a catch. Uh, that ended up being the difference, even though Illinois could, could have gotten a stop to, to win that one at the end. It ended up being one of the things you can look back on as, the, as a difference in that one. And a play by Devin Witherspoon that was called pass interference can be looked back on as another difference in this game. It was a play in the second quarter. Uh, Witherspoon was on Charlie Jones, who has been really a revelation for Purdue this year after having somewhat good years with Iowa uh, in the middle part of his career. He started at Buffalo, then went to Iowa for a few years. Not a bad year last year, but he's been really good for Purdue this year, one of the conference's leading receivers. Uh, great matchup all day on the play specifically. There was some, some I don't want to say pushing. There's some There was some touching between Jones and Witherspoon. Uh, but from my vantage point, it looked like Witherspoon stood his ground and and had, had that spot and was, did not have to move Jones to get that spot in the field picked off O'Connell gets flagged for pass interference and on the very next play O'Connell looks deep for uh, Jones once again and it's a touchdown so big swing there from the interception called back to the touchdown for Purdue huge momentum and on the field uh, I thought Witherspoon picked it off cleanly when I'm watching the replay there uh, both in my camera and on the video board that that's an interception. Yeah. I didn't even see the flag. Just to be honest, I, I didn't. I didn't even know the flag was there uh, until I saw the ref go and pick it up, and I went, "Oh, there was a flag there," and that's obviously why. So they did call out the interception. Just the flag negated it. Yeah. At that point, and I, I just going back and watching that again. I mean, what a momentum killer for the Illini there. On like you say, 
the very next play. And credit Purdue for going for the next play and, yeah. and the knockout punch in that sense to tie it up at 14 and a half. I think if Illinois goes up one score at half and it's 14-7, you feel completely different about that game mm-hmm. because Illinois gets the ball back in the third quarter. They, they had deferred the opening kickoff. And so that could have been a, a huge momentum change there. And it was for the Boilermakers, but that's a tough one to swallow. Bielema said afterwards he called it frustrating, said he tried to get an answer. He's pretty animated with the refs most of the time, but I I haven't seen him quite that animated in a while. Uh, Was on them repeatedly, uh, even going into the halftime tunnel. He was talking to them, talking to the head official there, trying to, you know, just making sure that uh, his displeasure was known in that. And, and they had four penalties in the first half for 40 yards and ended up with a season high, you know, 12 for 121. I mean, you just you can't win games if you're going to commit that many penalties. I or, uh, Purdue had no penalties in the first half. Yeah. So Illinois got flagged for four. Purdue got flagged for none. Uh, I thought the refs let the game get out of hand. There was multiple instances where flags were not thrown, but guys were in each other's faces. Yeah, it just it didn't need to get to that point. And and then yeah, you you know we can sit here and argue about how bad the refs were, and I didn't think they had a great game. They do call things pretty tight, but like they let that get way out of hand in my yeah. eyes. Uh, players were all over each other, and it just didn't need to be that way. So. You know, and that's the, what the you, fans let the refs hear it too. Yeah, and that's what you hate. And, and not to say they were biased one way or another. You know, I, I'm not saying they have like the intention of going into the game to be anti-Illinois. I think no. sometimes you just get unlucky, and the way that the refs see things if they're having yeah. a bad day can go against you. And you just hate to see such an important game for the Big Ten come down yeah. to the refs had a bad game right and like dpi is not reviewable right so exactly. like what are you what are you supposed to do with that you know mm-hmm. what i mean it's just a bad moment for the ref to call that but like illinois had five dpis today bielema said afterwards they he thought they'd only had four all season yeah you know like man that is tough uh I don't know. I, I understand Alana Nation's frustration in that mm-hmm. because it proved to be a pivotal play. It was one of the plays of the game in my eyes because of the sequence, you know, like the moment there and the momentum that the Boilermakers were able to capitalize because of that. And they, you know, you got to give them credit because they were able to do it, but just a really tough pill to swallow there for Illinois. There's nothing more frustrating than the officials getting in, getting in the way of the game. Right, yeah. not not letting the game play out, but I agree. Uh, just Illinois on the wrong side of that today. Defense didn't have their best game, like we had. I've already talked about O'Connell, really good QB. It seemed like th- these past two games, each side of the line has been it pushed around a little bit. You know, I, I, especially against Michigan State, the defensive line not getting much push against them today. It seemed like kind of the same thing. Uh, O'Connell had zero sacks, so they kept him upright the entire game. I think that was part of the play calling, too. I noticed pretty early on that Ryan Walters was dropping eight quite a few times. So when you only have three guys going after the quarterback, that's not going to lead to a lot of sacks. But um, what did you see from your perspective, Brett, just on on that trench play? Because er, if we remember early in the season, for the first six quarters of the year, I remember thinking, is front four is not getting in the backfield very often no they did not force much pressure at all two QB hurries for the game 
no sacks. I mean, that's just not going to work against a quarterback like O'Connell. You've you've got to be able to get in his face, and, and they were not able to do that today. Uh, Isaac Darkangelo, 12 tackles to lead uh, the defense for the Illini. But, I mean, that's the big thing that stands out to me is it's just no QB hurt. You know, two in a, in a game, like, yeah. that's what Illinois has lived off of, you mm-hmm. know. And, and I think Seth Coleman plays a part in that, not being there, you know, and – it's also okay you don't get pass rush and then your secondary a little susceptible with injuries there too mm-hmm. you know and, and that's a recipe for for them putting up some points and it's not that it surprised me that Purdue scored 31 i mean i okay i think i probably saw this being like a a 20s game you know what mm-hmm. i mean I think I had predicted 28 to 13 or something on the pregame show and probably should have given Purdue a little bit more credit offensively for that. But now think about these last two weeks, Andy. I mean, they've given up, what, 54 points in two weeks? Yeah. You know, and they'd given up, hadn't given up 54 in the previous four games, you know, five games. And that six-game stretch, even seven, let's date back here. You're uh, going to make me do math in my head here. Real quick, yeah. Uh, so that's 23 plus six is 29 39 that's 342 points since going back to chattanooga and they've given up 54 the last two weeks no. how about that mental math in my head i don't know Good if it's right you. or not but we're gonna sounded, say it is sounded right so there i mean you know think about that defensively and they've given up more points in the last two weeks than they did on their six game winning streak i mean that's what it comes down to mm-hmm. and and it's not that like they're bad. Like I we said last week after Michigan State, like I don't think giving up 23 is all that bad, mm-hmm. you know? When the bar is raised as high as it was and they were in, you know, allowing 8 points a game to lead the country, like that's probably not sustainable throughout an entire season. Yeah. But if you're giving up less than 20, you should feel pretty good about your chances to win a game offensively. Mm-hmm. I mean, if they would have, you know, had any kind of competent offense last year, they would have been th- Six, seven, eight wins again. You know, like yeah. Similar to this same position. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and they weren't able to do that offensively. Now, you know, they're scoring a little bit more here. I, and I, at the same token, Andy, like I don't feel terrible about them, you know, putting up 24 points today. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, I think if you're playing complimentary football, and I thought it was interesting Bielema said afterwards, they, Illinois football needs to get back to being Illinois football, which is complimentary. Yeah. They, they have not done that the past two weeks very well. No, certainly have not. And we, we, you have to wonder what has changed in those two weeks. Sometimes it can just be bad games. Some guys can be streaky. Uh, we certainly, those of us outside the building, don't have those answers for why things went the way that they did these past two weeks. Um, I will say, though, afterwards, sorry to cut you off, a couple yeah. of the players, we talked to Tariq Barnes, mm-hmm. we talked to Alex Pilstrom, we talked to Tommy DeVito, and... Uh, Johnny Newton was in there, but I missed that because I didn't get in there quite in time trying to tear everything down from our uh, Bielema post-game press conference. They, I mean, I'm not saying that they felt the pressure that they said that, but they did recognize that they had the opportunity there, mm-hmm. and there was a, a little bit more hanging over them. Yeah. And that's just human. Like I don't think that's necessarily bad. Of course they're going to hear that. Of course they're going to see all those things. Mm-hmm. Of course they're going to know that if they win two games – against Michigan State and Purdue that they're going to Indy. I mean that you can't just completely block that out. I don't know, you know, I don't think that's fair of anyone to think of that. And so they did like for the first time in my recollection really honor the fact and recognize the fact that maybe they were pressing a little bit. 
you yeah. know, just thinking what could be in that. Yeah, and, you know, like you said, and like we said at the beginning, they still can go to Indy. Sure. Very messy, though. So let's, let's, messy. let's break down what, what needs to happen really quick. The two games left in the regular season, we already know they're guaranteed a 13th. Now, how warm that bowl will be is still yet to be decided, <laughs> uh, depending on how many more wins that they get. So right now, as it stands, four teams in the Big Ten West are at 4-3, and three, Purdue, Illinois, Minnesota, Iowa. Wisconsin lost today to the Hawkeyes, so they dropped to three and four. Nebraska and Northwestern were already out of it. So we're, we've, we're down to four teams that can win the Big Ten West. You would think. You would think. Maybe Wisconsin I mean, can come technically back. Wisconsin could. Yeah. But, like, probably not. Probably like they're, not. They're, they're, they're statistically They're out. kind of a game back at this point with two games to go. They're kind of out of it, and they're, they're losing. They ha- have lost a lot of the tiebreakers, so a lot needs to go right for them. Uh, Illinois has at Michigan, of course, next week, at Northwestern. Uh, you hope that their Northwestern one is a win. If they go 2-0 and and they beat Michigan, huge upset. That would be one of the biggest – that would be the biggest one since 2007, I would say, yeah. uh, since they went into the horseshoe and beat number one Ohio State. Um, if you go 2-0, and they still need Purdue to lose one of their last two because right now Purdue has taken over in the driver's seat. They – they got off at the rest stop on the way to Florida. They, sh- they switched drivers. <laughs> Boilermakers are in the driver's seat now. Uh, they have Northwestern and Indiana still left. Two of the, you'd imagine, not as good teams in, in the conference. So if you are Illinois, needing to go 2-0, and you still need one of them to upset Purdue, which is not a good place to, to, yeah, to be Yeah, and that in. Indiana-Purdue game is always tough. I mean, that's yeah. rivalry upon rivalry there, you know, for the Hoosier State. So, And it's at Indiana. We'll say yeah. that. Now Indiana gets trucked today by Ohio State. <laughs> that's obviously a different level there. It just comes back to bite you. You know, you lose at Indiana. You yeah. know, you, it's just very, very difficult in that sense uh, when – I think when we look back on this season, we're going to sit here and say, okay, these first two games in November really hurt. And I mm-hmm. thought I was Tommy DeVito after the game, if I remember right, just said, you know, hey, you play games to remember in November. And the only thing they want to remember is they're washing this one away because yeah. I think this is really, really going to sting for them. And keeping it in perspective let's just say they lose to michigan and beat northwestern which i think is the most likely scenario here obviously yeah and you would finish eight and four Mm -hmm. like eight and four and you're disappointed it's great here you know what i mean like i i think that's the tough part for a lot of nation right now and i think that's also fair because of what was on the table like Mm -hmm. what was there in front of them and that feels really really far-fetched now like wait this team's only gonna win eight games in the regular season yeah you know where if we would have said two months ago sitting here wait illinois is going to be eight and four you would have said wait so okay yeah illinois nation you take sign it. me up for that right yeah. let's ride and and yet here we are after back-to-back losses for the first time in the season just saying i don't, I don't know that's a that's a messy feeling and you're still going to be in a good bowl game at eight and four you really yeah. are like you're it's not like you're going to detroit i've had a couple of people text me and say <laughs> oh how well Look forward to Detroit. I'm like, they're not going to Detroit with eight wins, okay? Yeah. I think the the metric now is like, okay, well, if they're, if they're eight and four, you're probably looking at a Nashville or Charlotte would be where I'm at now in oh, that kind of Mayo conversation. Bowl. Let's get Bielema and Mayo. Oh, man. I can't wait. Let's see that video. 
you know, that to me is is where they're at right now mm-hmm. in, in that kind of conversation. Citrus Bowl was here again today in Champaign to see yeah. Illinois play. That's back-to-back weeks they've been in Champaign to see them. And, and how that works, they have bowl reps that go to these games and see the mm-hmm. teams and see the fan bases and all of that. Citrus Bowl kind of seems far-fetched at this point at 8-4. and four. I don't know. How do you feel about that? Yeah. I feel like nine, if you get to 9, exactly. you're in Florida. Yeah. It, it 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 really requires a win against Michigan, I think, to go to one of those Florida Bowls. Now, I don't remember. Are they – is the Big Ten in the Cheez-It Bowl still? No, no. I don't think so in Phoenix? Okay. No. Well, so, um, I don't think – I think it's a possibility, but okay. I, I don't think it's very likely. Yeah. And you know, so a lot of things can change exactly with, that, with, with how many teams, how many yeah. teams qualify, and things like that. Correct. They can you know. switch a little bit. So exactly. there's the the Big Ten bowl designations have you know pinstripe and the the bowl in Detroit. It's called the Quick Lane Bowl anymore, whatever it's called. And it's not Little Detroit. Caesars Bowl, is it? I don't know what it's called. The Relia Quest Bowl, which was the Outback Bowl, and the Citrus Bowl, yeah. and the Rose Bowl, and like all of these bowls are Big Ten designated. But if things change. And different conferences, like let's say it's an ACC Big Ten Bowl, but the ACC doesn't get as many teams or whatever else or vice versa, mm-hmm. it, things can change in that. And so, yes, it's in all likelihood they're heading to one of those, but you know you don't know for sure and, and how that's going to play out. The Mayo Bowl is still my top pick, I think. Can you I imagine so. Brett Bielema and just doused it? Would Mayo? he agree with to that? Oh, you think? I think so. It's yeah. good marketing. It's a great recruiting tool. I mean, because the Frank Beamer – or is it Shane? Shane Beamer. I think it's Shane, Shane. Yeah, sorry. It's not his dad. His, his dad did not do it. <laughs> the Shane Beamer video still lives in online infamy. Oh my it's incredible. It's so unbelievable. It, getting Bielema to agree to that, I think, would be, It'd be fantastic. It, it, uh, just awesome. But still disappointing, Andy, because it's like, you know, you're thinking like 10 wins? I mean, it was on the table at one point. At yeah. that point, you know, with Michigan State, Purdue, and Northwestern left. Yeah. Like, Ten wins and you're playing in a potential New Year's Six Bowl. Yeah, absolutely. Now that's not going to happen. No, I mean they're they're not in the Rose Bowl. They're not in the Orange Bowl. Like today's mm-hmm. loss all but makes that. Yeah, if if it wasn't guaranteed after the Michigan happen. State loss. Yeah, and that's that's disappointing. Like a lot of mm-hmm. nation should you should be disappointed in that. Um, but perspective is also pretty powerful in the mm-hmm. fact that they're still seven and three. Yeah, I mean, not it's, bad. it's Illinois football we're talking about here. If Brett Bielema can get Illinois to be playing at this level consistently, as far as the season, not today's game, like as far as eight wins a season, like being an expectation, that's a hell of a win. Oh my goodness! For, for him as a for him building yes. a program, a thousand percent. And no matter what happens the rest of the way, it's still a successful season. Yeah, I mean they haven't won seven games since 2011. Mm-hmm. They're guaranteed a winning season. That doesn't happen in a decade. Yeah. That's still a successful season. Mm-hmm. But I think it can be successful and also disappointing at yeah. the same time because you are right there. Yeah, they haven't. If if they win one of the final two, they haven't even gotten to eight wins since two thousand seven. Correct. Yeah. Like I mean, that's you know, it's nuts. It's, it's crazy. Uh, so I, I think it's all those into one. And Illinois fans are probably saying this is so Illinois, and that's true. And in, in what it is, the last two weeks. And it's a lot of conflicting emotions, I'm sure, yeah. going on. And, and no, mo- nobody more than the players, right? Yeah. I mean, you feel for those guys like Pelcheski, you know, you, you feel for the guys at Kendall Smith that have been here just forever in, in Lovey's first recruiting class, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's pretty incredible for how long they've been here, what they've seen. And, and it's just from the story perspective, Andy, like it was right there. 
Mm-hmm. You know, two weeks ago we're leaving Nebraska, going, man, on Senior Day they could clinch a spot in Indy. What a perfect moment that would have been for those guys like Alex Pelcheski. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, the human side of me feels for him that, that yeah. that's not the case, and that you know, most likely is not going to happen. But we've seen stranger things. I mean, think about basketball. Just it's eight months ago, yeah. You know, on the final day. You need Wisconsin to lose, wasn't it? And, That's right. And, and they, they did. lost. So you just never know what's going to happen in sports. But we also know the likelihood of what's going to happen. Yeah. And, and the reality is is that this is a tough day. Quick hitter before we, we end here. At number three, Michigan next week. Let's say Chase Brown is good to go. I'm sure that's going to be a huge question this week leading, no into, the, leading into that game. What needs to happen for Illinois to win that game? Well, I think they've got to just play the best game of the season. They've got to yeah. play the most complete game. They've complimentary football. I think it's going to be really difficult, but you and, know, even with the cornerbacks out, even mm-hmm. if you're playing your six-string quarterback, Michigan's not going to throw up and down the field. They're going to hand off to Blake Corum. It's going to be very identical to what Illinois wants to do, and uh, I don't... Like, the game is not unwinnable to me. No. I think they match up way better against Michigan than Ohio State. Yeah, and I think that the... Maybe the good, I don't want to say good thing, something that comes out of this loss, maybe they can play a little bit more free against Michigan. Yeah. You, you know I what I mean? I do feel like they've played a little pressure. Yeah. It, there's been a little pressurized environment in there. As much as they didn't want to say it or admit it or whatever, it's just, it's human. Like, it just it is what it is. It happens. What's the Michigan line for next week? I'm going to say. Since we like to play this game. We were spot on last week, by the way. We were. Six and a half at Purdue. I know. I'm going to say. And Michigan's probably going to stay at three. Illinois is out of the rankings now. Yeah. I'm going to say ten and a half for Michigan. I think it'll be more. You think more? I was yeah. I was between ten and a half and thirteen and a half. I would think more thirteen and a half. I'll say twelve and a half. Okay. Um, we'll see what it, it is. And I wouldn't be surprised if it's more than that. I'm just thinking it's probably going to be a low total. You don't yeah, know. I think the total will be in the f- low 40s like it was no. this week. I'll say total... Forty and a half. Yeah. So I I was giving him credit where they're maybe thinking like a twenty five, like twenty five fifteen game, or twenty six fourteen. However you want to split. Or yeah, twenty five fifteen. Yeah. Twenty five fifteen. Michigan. I mean, they beat. What do they beat? Thirty one three Nebraska. So thirty one three or thirty four three today. Something like that. Low thirties to three <laughs> for yeah. Nebraska. Yeah. Like they haven't blown out teams necessarily. Like that's a blowout certainly, but it no. hasn't been the Ohio State no. run up fifty eight to fourteen type of thing. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna stick at forty and a half, and I'm gonna say I'm gonna say twelve and a half. But I don't feel okay. great about twelve and a half. I, I think I think it could balloon up to fourteen and a half. Now, are we talking balloon or it's opening? I think it'll definitely well, get bigger. Sure. And you have you have to bring in the Michigan aspect of it. Michigan's got so many wealthy alumni that yeah. usually their numbers are juiced just because they don't, sure. they can't lose a ton of money on because all, all of the Michigan bets they're going to get. So, yeah, I, you know, got to see what it'll be. I don't, I don't think that's necessarily wrong. That, that puts it at like a, like you said, 28 to 12 game. Yeah. Something like that. If it's 40, yeah. 40 and a half, like I, I, I could see that. Yeah. You know, 28, 13. I don't think that would necessarily like surprise me if that's the score mm-hmm. next week. So we'll see. I don't know. First we'll trip see. to the big house, Andy. I, I will be there. Maybe I'm, snow. Saw the ex- snow up there today. I So, real quick, if it's going to be cold, 
you know, why not just throw a little snow in sure. there? Sure. It was flurries at this yeah. Memorial Stadium today. All, uh, all I can think about is the game, uh, the game, Ohio State-Michigan last year yep. at, at the big house that had the flurries. I'm like, if it's going to be cold, give me that. that Maybe a little look-ahead cool. spot for the Wolverines playing Could Ohio be. State in two weeks. That's what a lot of people have said. Some Michigan fans, this was a few weeks ago, had said that you know Illinois kind of scares them a little bit with the defense now too. Because before, that was beginning of the season. Like, all right, that's a perfect. Yeah. Just get me through this one to get to Ohio State. Now it's yeah, prep for it a little bit. Or do they look ahead more now because Illinois is off back-to-back losses? And Could say, be. Uh, you know, hey, we got this. Yeah, now, now maybe it's they're feeling the more comfortable. We got to see. All right. Illinois we'll with Brett Bielema on the sideline, 2-0 on the road against ranked teams. There you go. You dug for that one, didn't you? I did dig for that one. Penn State, Minnesota last year. As long year. as you don't count the Iowa game. Don't count it. Sure. He was. That's why, it's, that's why it's the... Uh, on the field. <laughs> exactly. The give. on the field. Make sure you give that distinction. Exactly. Bielema was not there. All right. Illinois loses this one, 31-24. Just like the team, we're going to flush this one. Won't, won't remember a lot about it. Uh, it was uh, certainly a game where you hope Illinois learns from it moving forward. Not all is lost on the season. Still a uh, really good year so far for the Illini. And still a chance to end it with some fireworks, possibly, as they go to Michigan and then Northwestern the week after that. Tomorrow on Sunday, you'll have the Sunday No Huddle in your podcast feed with Robert Rosenthal and myself. Then on Monday, <laughs> yeah, Robert is taking this loss a little hard. We'll we'll see if he makes it in. He's in a hole. Yeah. And on Monday, Brett and I will have another podcast breaking down men's basketball's game against Monmouth. We're in the midst of four straight days of podcasts here. So uh, thanks for joining us on this. Uh, for Brett, I'm Andy. We will talk to you after the next one. Thanks for joining us. <laughs>